Most of these laws that are passed, they are more racist, racist laws and laws that continue to undermine traditional medicine. Mm. But what we want to see is that we want to see traditional medicine elevated to a situation where it is at par with all other sciences. That was Ogogo uh, Pepsi Le Masego, who passed on earlier this week after a short illness. She was the national coordinator of the Traditional Healers Organization, and she was talking to Criselda Lewis. How then can we carry her legacy by pushing for traditional medicines to be recognized and not demonize them? And also, what lessons can we learn by going back to indigenous knowledge systems? And uh, talking to us about this uh, on the line, we've got uh, David Litswalo, who's a Sankarist and also an activist and law academic. Thank you very much for joining us, David. Hey, good morning, Mrs. How are you? Excellent, thank you. And how are you, David? No, I'm doing well, thank you. We are also joined uh, by Mkulu Zingisa, who's a cultural activist and a student of Baba Credo Mutwa's philosophy and chemistry historian. He is also the CEO of the Zinzi Mandela Foundation. Thank you very much for joining us. Togo Zamkulu. Togo we are talking about the life and uh, the, the, the legacy that Ugoko Pepsi Lemaseko has, has given us. And I, I'd like to start with you, Mkulu Zingisa. Uh, Ugoko speaks about the fact that complementary medicine and allopathic medicines are given more, you know, they're given more of a prevalence and, and uh, they are given more attention. But nothing is done for the African um, traditional medicines. Is this still the case? And how are we going to move forward? Oh, um, uh, who, who should answer? Mkulu Zingis. Oh, Togoza, Togoza. Koko, I think, uh, you know, uh, we need to look at, uh, you know, this thing from, you know, at the foundation. Our problem uh, is structural, whereby, you know, uh, we are operating under a Western constructed system which doesn't accommodate anything that is of African. So I think at the root of the problem is there. Why? Because, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, the, 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 the traditional medicine, if you look at its history, um, uh, uh, it gave birth to what we know now as Western medicine. Because it was Imhotep, who was a traditional healer, who was able to take these herbs, take them to the lab, separate the active, uh, you know, uh, elements there, and create a synthetic, uh, you know, medicine. So when people are now um, uh, in government and don't have that history, and uh, because of the structure they operate under, that has demonized not only traditional medicine, but African culture in general. So that is the root of our problem. That is why it is not recognized. Like now, during the COVID, there are so many, you know, um, uh, healers and medicines that uh, we use as traditional, uh, you know, healers that deals with the chest. But that was not given, you know, an opportunity for, for, for traditional uh, healers uh, to, to fully express and actually demonstrate that uh, capability. So, Ukoko, you know, Pepsi, that fight, she's been on that fight, and there's no reason why, you know, we should be on any fight because we, South Africa is an African country. It's not a satellite of uh, Europe. So if we are ruled, uh, you know, by a system which was contracted by, constructed by our colonizers and our leaders are following that system, that is why we find ourselves in this situation. I'd like to come to you now, David, around uh, the indigenous uh, knowledge system, IKS. Uh, Gog Pepsile in her clip was speaking about the fact that, um, you know, even in universities like the University of uh, the Val, um, healers are not benefiting, but they are being used for their knowledge, but they're not benefiting because it's either the university and a subsidiary company that will benefit from whatever proceeds will come from the research and commercialization. How can we ensure legally that uh, traditional healers who bring uh, the knowledge into our institutions of higher learning are then included in the value chain? Uh, thank you very much. I think uh, in order to respond uh, to that question, we should go back to what uh, Umkulun Singhisa just said, to identifying the, the problem. So the problem has clearly been articulated that we were embracing an, a foreign construct which does not recognize 
anything that is African, despite this country being an African country. But then the, the issue is the issue of colonization. I think we mustn't run away from the, the basic tenet of where we are at the moment, that uh, we haven't dealt with the issue of uh, uh, colonization. Because as long as you are living under a white supremacist uh, arrangement, as long as you are living under col- uh, a colonial kind of arrangement, there's no way in which certain things that are of African appeal can be embraced. So the issue of colonization does not only end at the, the physical or even at the political level. It touches each and every aspect. So when we talk about the issue of returning to the roots, we must be talking about Africanization. So it touches even issues of uh, knowledge, culture, epistemology, medicine, everything that we, that, that we have. But critically, because your question is on the, the issue of the law, we must accept that we are living under a, a Western uh, or Eurocentric kind of uh, legal system. In South Africa, basically connoted as a, a Roman Dutch legal system. So when you bring in the, con- the issue of the conflict of laws, then the African uh, value system, African laws, are obviously going to be marginalized. The kind of fight that Ugogo Pepsi Maseko died fighting, the struggle to Africanize our knowledge uh, system. So it is not, not surprising that we have those kind of instances in the, the, in the, the, the cited university where pharmaceutical companies are actually undermining the value and contribution of traditional medicine. However, when it comes to the benefit, they, they are actually you know, thrown away uh, whilst their knowledge is being taken on board. The thing is, Western kind of knowledge assumes power and thinks that it can actually, uh, you know, raise or even, you know, monitor the, the, the little child, which is African knowledge, something which is quite sad because the opposite should be true. The point that Mukul has raised that actually the so-called Western medicine is an offshoot of uh, African knowledge system. And therefore, we, unless we Africanize, unless we become bold to say we must get out of this belly of the beast, what, we have, what is happening now, we are fighting a war within the belly of the beast. So we can come with a lot of rhetoric and a lot of talk, but at the end of the day, we seem to be trapped within the beast, which is the Western construct. So what needs to happen mm-hmm. is for us to change the system by drastically Africanizing meaning the laws must change and reflect African values. The knowledge issue is that the epistemology must also be uh, changed and and attended to in terms of Africanization. Therefore, in essence, in order for us to survive, we need a political leadership that is, uh, you know, clearly, clearly and unapologetically Africanized so that we can go back, return to the roots. Because a nation that does not have its roots then it's no nation at all. And that is why we're going to be uh, easily dislocated by Western and, and foreign kind of notions. And I think the sooner we realize that besides or uh, without actually sticking to our roots and to our history, to our knowledge as indigenous people, all these other foreign uh, you know, cultures will always uh, you know, uh, dislocate uh, our, our standpoint and our, our foundation. And I think uh, that is very, very crucial. David, I want to ask you a question here. I want to ask you a question, David. What is the role of traditional leaders, uh, traditional healers and practitioners in ensuring that our our laws are amended and our laws are now made Afrocentric in the way you have put it? I I think that is very, very crucial because we're living under a, a Western constitutional order. And the, the Constitution does actually say that uh, the, the Constitution, which is Western, uh, is the supreme law of the land. So traditional leaders, let alone traditional uh, healers, have got little, if no power at all, in the South African uh, space because the Constitution itself restricts them as such. So many people and many institutions undermine traditional leadership or African governance system because the constitution, which is Western in, in spirit and la- nature, 
does not really accommodate uh, the, the issue of traditional leadership or traditional healing as such. And that is why African traditional medicine will always be looked at as if it's complementary or something that is peripheral to the main thing, which is Western medicine. So we have a big problem there, which is the cause for the struggle to Africanize our, our society. Now, from what you are saying, David, uh, it seems that we are going to be fighting and losing battle because who will then be able to stand up legally? Uh, who will then be able to uh, be the activist legally to ensure that the African uh, indigenous knowledge systems and also the African medicines are then advocated for? It seems that we'll be talking in spirals and nothing will really happen if we are still governed by the laws that we are governed by. Basically, you're right, because, and as I said, we're living in the belly of the beast. It's the whole system, the whole, the whole institution is westernized and actually dominating the, the African traditional beliefs and the practices. So as long as we have leadership that does not totally embrace Africanness, uh, indigenous knowledge system, their roots, then we'll always have this kind of moving in circles where there'll just be, you know, you know, lip service being paid to African uh, traditional practices as such. So we need a, a leadership that is very, very grounded, that is very, very strong, that is very, very unapologetic, like the kind of leadership that is uh, provided by the president of uh, Tanzania, uh, Mokofuli. So we need that kind of leadership that can actually even move to change this constitution so that the, the African indigenous knowledge system or the uh, African governance system takes its rightful place. Because when you talk about decolonization, we're talking about the reversal of what the colonial onslaught has done to, 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 to our people. So as long as we don't return to the roots, when you talk about going back to Africa, we're not just talking about small things here and there. We're talking about the, the overall kind of you know, reversal of everything that the, the colonial onslaught has actually done. So our center should be Africanness, not the other way around. So in, in my view, the, the Eurocentric kind of knowledges and, and laws and, and practices should take a secondary space to what we, we, we need to be centering on Africa. So our starting point primarily should be an African society and then can look outside if necessary to complement us, not us complementing uh, foreign or Western constructs. I think that is the view. We need proper leadership that is Africanized. Thank you. The time is 29 minutes after 10 uh, here on SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide and on DSTV channel 814. It's the talking point. My name is Patricia Nduli, standing in for Kathy Mlathani. We are talking um, about African um, indigenous knowledge systems. We are we, we are celebrating the life of Gogo Pepsile Masego, who passed away this week, and many tributes are still coming in for her. But we want to know how do we make sure that this leader, who was fearless in talking about um, African knowledge systems, African medicines, her legacy continues. How do we make sure that this legacy continues and laws are amended if they need to be amended to ensure that our systems and our medicines are recognized as Africans? Uh, Koko Pepsile Masego was uh, the national coordinator of the Traditional Healers Organization. And uh, talking to us right now, we've got uh, David Litualo, who's a Sankarist, activist and a law academic. We also have uh, Mkulu Zingisa, uh, who is a cultural activist and a student of Baba Credo Mutwa's philosophy. He's also a chemistry historian. He's also the CEO of the Zinzi Mandela Foundation. So we've got great um, uh, panelists who are with us today. Please do call in on 011-714-2006 to weigh in on the conversation. You can also send WhatsApps on 0614-104-107. I'd like to bring it to you, Mkulu Zingisa, around our, our, our chemistry, African chemistry, since you are a chemistry historian. When I take a look at what is happening in China, their herbal medicine markets are, are really a tourist site. They are clean, they are beautiful, they are hailed, and uh, Chinese Western medicine in their hospitals is working hand-in-hand hand with the European way of medicine, and you find both traditional Chinese uh, doctors and um, Western-trained uh, doctors in hospitals in China helping and aiding people. You go into a pharmacy in China and you find a lot of their medication is quite herbal by nature. 
and, and, and they've accepted their way of living. Do you think that in South Africa, we'd find ourselves where our herbal medicine markets are as clean and upheld as uh, they are in other countries? And do you think we'll find a place where both traditional and Western will be able to work together in our healthcare system? Uh, that is what, uh, you know, should happen. Remember, China, like, uh, you know, I always uh, use China as, as an example. China was once colonized, uh, you know, like us. And uh, China, you know, and uh, it's not uh, that long, about, uh, you know, 50, 55, uh, you know, years ago. But uh, what uh, China did after it uh, regained uh, its independence, it closed all the borders in terms of uh, foreign, uh, you know, influence, and uh, then instilled that uh, patriotic spirit amongst the Chinese. So the Chinese people have, you know, an advantage because they got visionary leaders, people who believe in themselves as Chinese people. And uh, this is what they, they, they promote. Their traditional medicine is supported by government to make sure that, uh, you know, it meets all the standards and, uh, you know, to make sure that uh, it is internationally accepted. So when you come to the continent, it's a disadvantage because our leaders still don't believe, you know, um, uh, uh, in the African culture and in the African, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 traditional uh, medicine as well. Why? Because they are two-minded they are managing a system which was, uh, you know, constructed by colonizers here, and yet they are trying to, you know, um, uh, also um, uh, satisfy the needs, uh, you know, of African people. So if the Westerner doesn't believe, you know, in our traditional medicine, then, uh, you know, uh, uh, automatically, you know, the leaders that are presiding over a structure that was uh, constructed, uh, you know, uh, by Westerners won't see any value in anything that is of African. Actually, they actually, you know, when they get sick, these people, uh, you know, they go to Europe and everything, everybody else, and yet the majority of South Africans, as per the research and stats, it says that uh, most, uh, you know, uh, black people, they, when they are sick, the first point of call, they go to traditional, uh, you know, uh, uh, healers. And, uh, you know, the, the, the numbers were about 80%, you know, before they consult any Western doctor. So there is that, uh, you know, uh, 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 confusion in terms of, uh, you know, perception, the, 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 the mental uh, orientation of our leaders, because our leaders don't, like, uh, you know, I, I always say they don't see value in anything of, uh, you know, African. Why? Because we are not rooted in our tried and tested, you know, governing system, which is Ubukos. Ubukos was supposed to be at the top, you know, then all other, you know, systems, you know, they then fall under. But it's the other way around, like what, you know, Ukeshaw David was saying, which we are accommodating people that are from outside, you know, instead of, you know, us, you know, being at the top, then accommodate everything that is foreign. So I would say that, uh, unfortunately, you know, um, uh, uh, African leaders don't see value in our thing because as of now, now, I don't see any reason why there isn't an African pharmaceutical, uh, you know, company because uh, all these medicines, like uh, as an example, Ipanado. Ipanado is from the willow tree. So that is the education, uh, you know, whereby... Westerners come here and, uh, you know, identify all these, uh, you know, herbal, you know, medicines, uh, you know, plants and whatever. Then they take that uh, and extract all these uh, active elements. Then they go and list, you know, a company in the U.S., uh, you know, stock market. Why? Because they've managed to find a cure of certain things. And there's no benefit, uh, you know, to Africans. There's so much of our medicine that is there internationally, and they're copyrighted by people who are not of African, uh, you know, descent. So the major, major problem, we are unfortunate to have, you know, leadership uh, that behaves, 
you know, like this on the continent. They should learn from the Chinese leadership. They should learn from the, you know, uh, Jewish leadership as to how you build a nation. You build a nation by putting the proper foundation for that nation. And that nation uh, can be ruled by a law that is uh, imposed or that is imported on that, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, community. So we need... We need a fresh breed of leadership on the continent that will take the continent forward because, like you said earlier on, all the efforts that, you know, we are trying to, to, to make won't come with any results because we are still governed by this structure which doesn't allow us to fully express our Africanness. Let me go to the lines. I've got Sheikh who's in Durban. Sheikh, good morning. Uh, good day, ma'am, and good day to your listeners. Uh, I've been listening to the show, and uh, the gentleman that's been talking now, I support him 210%. He's got the right, he's telling us the truth, but our government doesn't seem to know that. They, they, we need to go back to our culture, our traditions. He is right about the traditional uh, medicines. Because I, as a truck driver, I don't go to the doctors. I use traditional medicines like ginger, curry leaf, things like that, you know, for my flu and whatever. So uh, we must go back to, and, and what I can't understand is the Western countries, they here very quickly to take our diamond, gold, platinum, and what else, whatever they can benefit out of. But they don't want to take our gokos. You know, we get ladies in the, in the street side. They're selling these traditional medicines. They need to get them all involved, make up something that where they can take them to uh, take those things to the lab and uplift these people. Our, medic, our traditional medicine are being sidestepped. And our people in this country, I'm an Indian, but this is my country, Africa. We're supposed to... Uh, benefit our country, not bring medication from the Western world. They steal our medication, go there into laboratories and uh, come up with an idea that they've invented this and then they invented that and they found a cure for this and that. But it's our traditional medicine that they're taking from here and they're buffing the world. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Sheikh. Uh, thank you. Have a good day. And let's go to Tepo, who's in Tladi. Tepo, good morning. Are you there? Okay, it seems like Tepo is not there. Let me try Anonymous, who's in the Eastern Cape. Good morning, Anonymous. Hello, good morning. How are you doing, Anonymous? Uh, I'm doing okay for 2021. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. I'm glad you're doing okay. So uh, what's your view on uh, the current topic of discussion? Yes, I would like to find out from your panel, why doesn't the South African government or even African government why don't they patent all these traditional medicine, no matter if it's good or bad? Because you don't know what the future holds. If they patent it, then they can have all the rights to it, and they can have all the, the say in how that medicine can be utilized. Why mm. don't they do that? Thank you very much, Anonymous. Uh, let me. Is, do you have anything else to say? No, sir. Okay. Can I also ask this another question? Yeah, go ahead. I, I would like to ask, now, seeing that uh, SEFMS traditional leaders there, why isn't there any traditional leaders of the Khoi and San people, the, what they call the original people or the original indigenous people of Southern Africa or South Africa? Can you please answer that also? Well, if they are available, they are more than welcome to join in on the conversation because it's open to the entire country. Um, they can reach out to us. Uh, definitely they can. I, 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 I hope we've answered that question. Let me go to uh, Umkulu Zingisa and uh, ask him to please respond on your uh, question, Anonymous. Umkulu, um, Anonymous is asking about why does the South African government not patent all the African medicines, whether they are good or bad? Is the is, is the question of the will? Do they have the will and the bravery to do that? You know, uh, that is the question because uh, there was some efforts, uh, you know, done by CSIR or something like that, whereby um, uh, as a traditional uh, uh, healer, you could actually take uh, whatever plant or you know uh, a tree 
for them to actually go and test it for you and not. That's that's where it all ended. But in terms of, I, I fully agree with the gentleman. The government should be proactive, you know, and, you know, make a, you know, a, a, a copyright, uh, you know, uh, all these, uh, you know, medicines, uh, especially the indigenous uh, medicine, uh, traditional medicines uh, in South Africa. That should be done, but now it can be owned by the state because uh, how these uh, medicines uh, come about. You find that, uh, you know, um, a, a certain traditional healer or diviner, you know, um, uh, they wake up with a dream and they are shown this uh, type of medicine, and when they go there, you know, and, and pick it up and, they, you know, do whatever test that they find that it is very helpful. So it can then, you know, that copyright can be owned by government. It has to be owned by the person that was given in a dream to actually just to empower people. But uh, this is a proactive thing. It's something that government has. This is what uh, Chinese people uh, did or Chinese uh, government did, you know, to actually make sure that uh, all or most of their traditional uh, medicine is actually copyrighted, you know, and it's owned by both the government of China and the people here. So there's no reason why the South African government, you know, is not doing this, but it all boils down as to whether these people, do they see value, you know, in this uh, traditional medicine. And, uh, you know, Coke you know, um, uh, uh, it's a struggle that, uh, you know, she waged, a long time ago, trying to conscientize government about the importance, you know, and trying to tell government that uh, look at uh, what China, India, and all other countries, how 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 they treat their traditional, uh, you know, healers, how they treat the traditional uh, medicine. So why are we not doing the same thing here in South Africa? You know, it really, really, you know, uh, uh, puzzles uh, all of us as to because it's like we are now living like uh, foreigners in our own country, you know, uh, when government doesn't see value in the things that we do as African people, then, uh, you know, the future is very, very, you know, bleak, uh, you know, for African people, because this thing like Uko, Pepsi, and the THO, they've been on this struggle for years. They've been talking about this for years, but there's no change. Now she's gone, you know, uh, unfortunately, Ukoko, without even achieving, you know, that goal as to, you know, for traditional, uh, you know, medicine to be recognized at least. And, uh, you know, government assisting their people so that everything then becomes a formal and, uh, you know, um, um, uh, a very, 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 very formal and professional. Whereby, because most of the traditional healers, their problem is that most of these medicines, um, uh, a government says you need to then uh, research how toxic these uh, medicines are. You know, so we also need uh, to formalize, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, industry as, uh, uh, you know, of traditional years so that when you uh, prescribe a certain medicine, you need to know the, com- the chemical composition of, uh, you know, that helps so that when you give somebody, at least it's something that has been tested, that has been proven that, uh, you know, this active, uh, you know, uh, element in this, uh, you know, help, it really works. So these are the things that, uh, you know, Ukoko Pepsi has been fighting for, but unfortunately she's no longer here, but we are here. We are going to push on the struggle until it happens. And it, it boils down again to, you know, what grounds South Africa, you know, what form of governance, you know, uh, we go. When we talk about decolonization, this is what we need to talk about. We need to reinstate Kosebe to, to be at the top. Then everything else, uh, you know, should come second. I've got a, a WhatsApp here from Graham, who's in East London. He says, why are Africans complaining about what others are creating and developing from so-called African resources? Instead of inventing, developing these things themselves, why sit and do nothing except moan and rename? Never the creator, but seems always the poor victim. That's from Graham in East London. Let me go to our callers. I've got Kujo, who's in Pul- Lukwane Kujo is a herbalist. Good morning, Kujo. Good morning, Kujo. 
is really, I feel like I'm just a kettle boiling, you know, that vapor that just comes out. How long will this South African government really listen to traditional healers, truly speaking? You know, every time when I hear all these talks about uh, traditional medicines being tested and whatever, even the very same vaccinations, the very same pills, the very same drugs, you know, today I just need to speak my mind out. I'm a bit emotional about this whole thing because we on the ground level, as I'm talking right now, you can even hear from my voice that something is not right. But I did not take any drug and whatever, and I'm getting better. The, 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 the trick here is with us also as, as Africans, we're not eating nutritionally uh, because we have to eat things which are nutritious to our body so as we boost our, 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 our immune system. Every uh, health minister or whatever, not even a single day I hear them talking about boosting our immune system because when the immune system is boosted, you can fight any virus, any whatever. There is no need to be put, there's no scientific thing that needs to be proven. For who? For what? For, for, I mean, for what? Because people are just, they just want to make money out of this uh, whole thing. My main point, Sister is people must eat nutritious. We must eat our mirojos. We must drink those soups. We must eat a lot of vegetables. We must eat a lot of fruit. There's nothing that can make us survive from this thing. We cannot be vaccinating and vaccinating without eating nutritiously. It doesn't make sense. How are we going to, to, to improve this health? Whatever. People, the health industry cannot even take all these people who are sick and whatever, but yet they're making lots of money to make this vaccination, which at the end of the day, we want to, to, to solve a problem, but not the root cause of the problem. Yet, even with these hospitals, the things that people are given, it's rubbish. It's just poison to our, I mean, to, 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 to the people's bodies. Really, it's very emotional. How long will this South African government listen to, and we do research in our own things. Let's believe in our own things. Why do we always want to buy other things from other people, yet we've got our own minds and brains? Thank you very much, Kujo. Let me go to A.B., who's in the Northwest. Uh, A.B., good morning. Good morning, and thank you for taking my question. You know, I hear my sister is very emotional uh, about the government's lack of ability to listen. But the government will not listen because it's run by NGOs and uh, minorities through the courts. Uh, Are we still together, my sister? We, We hear you. Yes, through the courts. The minority of our country are running us from opposition. They will not allow our indigenous, indigenous African medicine to, 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 to really be put to the fore, to the test, to help our people. We are not waiting for a vaccine which has so many uh, tank, uh, tanks working. I don't know if I'll ever use I'm not going to use that nonsense. I'm sorry, I'm not in for, uh, influencing anyone. And I'm an African. I go to the bush. I know how which medicines to, to take. I'll go to my traditional healers. And I encourage Africans not to allow themselves to be used as pawns. These diseases, you did not bring them here. Let them deal with them with their own diseases, with their own vaccine. Let them vaccinate and kill themselves. Tina, let us stick to what we know. What we know is African medicine. And number two, we must let all these complaints, we must write to Dr. Nkosa Danazuma, who is the minister of Kokta. She is, uh, uh, she oversees all these things that we're talking about. It is time that really we give African uh, uh, intelligence a chance in this country. And ignore these uh, NGOs when they go to court. Let them go to court. We must ignore them. We are running this country, man. Thank you very much, A.B. When we try to do something, they'll go to court. Thank you very much, A.B. Let me go to uh, Eddie in Odendalsras. Eddie, good morning. Yes, thank you very much. Compliments, my sister. Compliments to you, too. Yeah, I think um, if your producer can get a song by, by, by Chigo, for how long 
am I a prisoner? <laughs> um, maybe we need to get that and you know and put that song into uh, the the the, um, the topic under discussion. For how long are we going to talk about this? And maybe in future, my sister, if we get somebody who's an expert in, in herbal life or, or whatever, let's also, in the same line, get the Minister of Health, you know, so that we question him, so that we get answers. Because we have been talking about this, that, you know, it is the ground that can heal us. It is the ground that can, you know, solve a lot of um, health challenges that we have. This, this is the question that I want to ask your guest. If the government allows this to happen, how much uh, can we get economically, the economic spin-off, out of the whole, just this simple African idea? How much can, can, we, can we get as, as this country? I don't know. You know, even Ngozi. There's also a clip by Ngozi when, when he was calling uh, Minister uh, Maite when she was sleeping. Let me tell you, let's also get that clip as well. Somebody is sleeping in his duty. The Minister of Health must wake up and listen to these voices. Thank you. Thank you very much, Eddie. Let me pose your question to David. David, is there a financial spin-off and how much do you think that spin-off could be if uh, the government were to, uh, you know, allow the regulation of African uh, medicines uh, to be commercialized? No, my, my, my view is that, um, well... It depends on what the intervention of government would be. Uh, I want, to, before I address that, I want to go back to the issue that we must understand that when we start, you know, patenting anything, in terms of the African traditional medicine, we mustn't we mustn't neglect the fact that it goes with the issue of uh, spirituality. So when talking about the fact that you need to test, uh, you know, test it, laboratories and all that, most 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 of the practitioners do not have that kind of. They are just as could have indicated. They are just being guided by the ancestors, by the by, by the spirit in this in this kind of instance. Coming to the intervention of government in that regard, um, I think that what the government should do should just be to protect uh, the head to protect our knowledge against foreign uh, companies, particularly pharmaceutical uh, companies. Because what they do as companies, they take this thing for themselves, they own it. And that's the story that uh, happened about Raybos, which is like, you know, an African thing, which is open to everybody. But a company, foreign company, just comes and owns it in terms of patenting and all that. So there is a chance that if the government can protect this without denying the uh, traditional healers access to it, to use it the way in which they're supposed to use it. So I think the spin-offs would be great, uh, which brings me to the debate that is currently ongoing about the legalization of cannabis, where the, the users, the African people, are supposed to be benefiting. What is happening now, that space is now taken uh, by big uh, f- uh, companies that are actually uh, outshoving the, the, our, 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 our people. So I'm afraid that even with regard to the general uh, help that we might be using or traditional medicine that we might be using, uh, the threats will always be coming from pharmaceutical companies and you know, for, uh, foreign companies. So government should actually serve the people in terms of protecting them so that they can actually use these medicines the way they are supposed to be using them in terms of their uh, you know, gifts. Uh, without being uh, harassed, intimidated, and uh, bulldozed by a pharmaceutical company. Africa has got a wealth of, 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 of these medicines, and it is up to the people to benefit from it. However, you know what kind of government. I mean, no political will, and you tend to ask yourself, if the government does not listen to the people, who does it listen to? So if we had a conscientized uh, leadership, that is not scared of imperialists. I can assure you that our people, our nation, would have prospered uh, in, in, in this kind of uh, arrangement. And people don't, should not speak as if Western medicine has got no uh, side effects. I mean, the case of COVID and the vaccines that are happening now, I mean, that, you know, the debate that's happening around uh, COVID shows clearly that uh, 
or anything doesn't mean that everything that is from uh, Europe or is Western is actually perfect. So we must be very, very clear about about that. So here we're dealing with imperialism, which continues through proxy in our uh, in our African uh, in our uh, governance system. Now I want to appeal to what Mkules indicated that unless we 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 stick to African uh, governance system, which would always be sympathetic to traditional healing, traditional uh, and spiritual leadership and healing, then we, we, we will be able to solve a lot of these problems that we'll be having. I mean, people are stressed, people are complaining, but who's listening to them? So the idea that we might be having a political power does not necessarily mean that we have got uh, influence in, in terms of running uh, the country. Let me what go to. The minister, when you call, what right. call the minister, what the ministers under a constitution which is Western and anti-African. Thank mm. you, David. Let me go to Bishop uh, Molloy, who's uh, currently on the road. He wants to weigh in before we go to the news. Bishop, good morning. Good morning, and good morning to the SAFM listeners. Well, um, what I think should be uh, the biggest uh, commitment of the traditional healers is that. Uh, I think there is a market for traditional uh, medicine. And I think the fact that even today, the traditional healers receive uh, patients and clients who are visiting them every day, it means there is a market. Number two, um, when you look at other herbal medicines that have been commercialized, for an example, uh, herbal life and uh, you know we are even having uh, you know Asian traditional medication that is in South Africa I don't know how they got it in but it is there you got Tianchi and all of these teas and there's this tea and there's that tea and people are, are, are literally you know these things are flying off the shelves mm. the question is um, it's not like the citizens of this country don't want to use traditional medicines. The question is, is the African traditional medicines properly packaged and properly presented? Because, for an example, <clears throat> why is it that traditional healers want you first to go to the Ndomba before you can get access to Umsoyane or whatever and whatever, and then they must do the rituals and everything? Today, we, we are a busy society. We want to go to a shopping complex somewhere, buy this and go home, and it has instructions on the package, you use it without being attached to this ritualistic side of it. And I think that is where the problem is. Number two, um, I, I, wa- I, would, I would have loved to hear one of the traditional leaders or traditional healer representatives on, on your panel saying, we did present a business case to government government did reject it or is it just grandstanding and complaining but do, do they say did they approach the DTI for an example or whatever department that okay Bishop Malloy Bishop Malloy I need to go to the news now thank you very much uh, for uh, giving us your comment I'm going to allow the panel to um, weigh in on uh, your questions after the news let's go to Amanda Cha- Machaka for the 11 o'clock news bulletin our guest Amkulu Zingisa who's a cultural activist and a student of Baba Credo Mutua's uh, philosophy he's also a chemistry historian and uh, the CEO of of Zinzi Mandela Foundation. We also have David Litzualo, a Sankarist, an activist, and a law academic. Those are the guests. Now, before the break, um, Bishop Baloyi was talking about... Um, you know, the, the the African traditional medicines, why are they not convenient? Why can't you just get them off the shelf? Why do you need to go and uh, be consulted and have all these ritualistic uh, things that are happening? And I'd like to pose that question from Bishop Baloi to Umkulu Zingisa, because Umkulu, you deal with such. Uh, what is the reason behind traditional medicines needing the consultation? Uh, it's because, uh, you know, um, uh, of the duality of nature, we are comprised of uh, the spirited matter. So most uh, illnesses that manifest, uh, you know, in the physical start in the spiritual. So uh, the reason why Ubi Zolendumbeni is to then cleanse 
you know, whatever blockages are there in the spiritual so that you get a relief in the physical. Because uh, if, if uh, you know, there is a spiritual clog, it doesn't matter how many medicines uh, you have been given. You know, uh, that, uh, you know, it's very difficult for you to then get a healing. So we, we, we heal both the spirit and the physical. So this is how uh, we will. Actually, it goes back, uh, you know, to even uh, our our education system as uh, African people. Um, uh, our education system, uh, they, 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 they concentrated more on knowing the causal plane, you know, what makes, you know, this uh, uh, apple, what principles are involved in making that apple. Because if I understand the principles that are involved in making that apple, it's easy for me to then understand, you know, what constitutes that apple. So the very same thing in our body, we need to understand the principles that are responsible for maintaining life on earth. And when I then communicate, as an example, you know, we, we in the African calendar, we have uh, 12, uh, you know, uh, seasons uh, of the calendar. And all these seasons are brought about the proximation of earth, you know, and the sun which then makes certain energies prevalent. So there is a season where you just heal bones. Why? Because the prevalent energy at the time is assisting, uh, you know, the, either the, the bone growth or the prone, uh, you know, healing. So it's understanding the spiritual side of everything as well as uh, as much as, uh, you know, what uh, we, we need to see healing in the physical. So we take people and so that we consult you know, the spirit world as to where are the clocks, you know, uh, the blockages in this person's, uh, you know, uh, complete uh, system. It's funny how uh, in Western medicine we don't question if you've got a headache and you take uh, a paracetamol and the headache doesn't go away. You end up going to the doctor. You don't question that process and the payment and the consultation. You end up going to the doctor who will then tell you that it's not a headache actually because there's something wrong, but maybe your eyes need to be checked because that's what's training um, your system. But when it comes to traditional medicines, we then question why consultation should be done. I don't want sound biased but i think we, we need to be open and understanding what happens in our own traditional uh ways and our own way of healing which has been there since uh africa began let me go to the lines uh colin in cape town is holding good morning um, colin good morning patricia and good morning to your guests you know it's been proven that uh, hundreds of years ago even two three hundred years ago the average age of a person living on this earth was about 50 years old. Now in the last 20 years or so, it's been proven that people are living in their 90s, hundreds even. You, you go to China and places like that. Even in South Africa, I just heard the other day, a lady in South Africa, 104. So the lifespan of a person with a modern medicine and uh, hospitalization and, and medicines, that is helping definitely because if you look at it, People are living much, much longer. Now, traditional medicines, the government will never spend money. It costs money to go and test all those traditional medicines. And, of course, they've got to have a lab. The government should have a lab just for those traditional uh, medicines and have a team of experts and work on it. But it costs money, and the government is not prepared to spend money. They'd rather spend it on bailing out and spending on other stupid things than to spend on something worthwhile. Thanks, Patricia. Thank you very much, Colin. And I think you're echoing the words of Vukoko Pepsi Lemasego, who says funding for research is needed, and it's uh, something that is currently not happening. Um, let me go to Mzugisi, who's in Cape Town. Good morning, Mzugisi. Good morning, Patricia. Like you said, um, that um, we... we as Africans, we we are divided. So our government is not showing any support in African things. Say, for instance, look at the coronavirus. They didn't look at an alternative in an African continent that can help us without buying elsewhere. But what we are groomed to be is to be customers of the West and and Europe. 
So the, the Gogos, I fully agree with them that uh, maybe the education system must start changing. And maybe in that way, maybe we'll find a way to our African roots. And I like the idea that these conversations are being um, communicated in various platforms. That means uh, one day we will get back to who we are and embrace what we have instead of relying purely on the West. Because if we, if you look at it, there is nothing else that our government is talking about except the vaccine, which is not even uh, produced in South Africa. Thank you very much, Mzukisi. Let me go to some of the voice notes that you have uh, sent. Hi, I was pet. I, I fully concur with uh, Mr. Letualo there. I think uh, our government does not take traditional help seriously, does not take traditional medicine seriously. We are where we are now with the rapid spread of COVID-19 because of our government does not want to recognize traditional medicines. Very disappointed. Shotis Nyono in Limpopo, Mafefe. Thank you. Hi, Patricia. Uh, you see what I think? I think maybe they must try and change this country's name. It's, not, it's, not, it's no longer Africa, this country. It's something else which I cannot like sort of uh, uh, mention. What is it? Because everything that we are using, it's not like the African system. We are more in European uh, way of life, etc. The medicine, etc. You know, if like all the tra- tra- traditional healers, if they can like go in the bushes, etc., and make some research, they'll find something that will sort of um, heal this uh, COVID-19. Thank you, Dr. Lukwana. Hello. Um, talking about um, cultures readopting their ancient medicine, uh, a blind faith in those medicines is not necessarily a good thing. China's belief in its traditional medicine is currently decimating the African heritage of wild animals. So maybe it needs a little bit more subtle and nuanced and complex response. Thank you, Janine in Komaki. Good day, Patricia. Good day, the listeners. Anonymous here from Western Cape. As soon as we cannot, as people, gonna try and do something about our natural medicine, Private interest, when the law and legislation drafting happens, private interest will get their say. Political interest, and then the people on the ground, they will lose, just as in now in the cannabis bill, previously in a maritime bill, and then people can't even fish, but they have been living there for hundreds and hundreds of years, they can't fish. The same thing is going to happen. 